What's going on, guys? So today I'm going to take a little detour from the Fantasy Outlook for each team episodes, and I'm going to go right into my top six. And I yes, I'm doing six, even though it's a weird number, because there's just one team I couldn't leave off this list. Top six defenses heading into 2020. Again, this is not fantasy football. Um, this is not a fantasy football podcast for today. We're going to take a little break from that. Just my top six overall NFL defenses heading into the 2020 season. So the first team, which I'm starting at number six, so this is not my top team. This is number six, and this is the team I just couldn't leave off the list, the New England Patriots. Guys, I know they lost a bunch of players. I, I posted about it yesterday. They lost a bunch of guys. They lost a bunch of really high productive linebackers in particular, along with Patrick Chung. I mean, a team lo loses its three basically three best sack guys and I don't think it matters all that much I think Dante Hightower was definitely the most impactful loss and his is really unfortunate because it was was not a guy that they chose to move on from this was a guy that just a couple days ago opted out of the 2020 season because of this stupid virus this virus is seriously getting annoying um, but no, that said, I totally understand. I'm, I understand and respect his decision to do so. I'm just talking football here. So don't, don't get weird. But, um, yeah, so Patriots number six last year in 2019, they, they led the NFL in scoring, um, points per game allowed with only 14.4. They did that average did bump up a little bit down the stretch over the last three games. They averaged 21 a game against them, but even then, guys, 21 points a game against you is still high-level defense in 2019-2020 NFL football. As we know, as we all like to say, the new NFL. But um, So they were a little bit vulnerable against the run, uh, 4.3 a carry, which was just 17th in the NFL. But it never really hurt them other than that Ravens game. And, of course, the um, playoff game against the Titans where Derrick Henry went absolutely crazy but Henry seemed to be doing that against uh, anybody he faced down the stretch last year so I'm not going to dock them too much for that um but like here's the thing about them and, and I they lost 19 sacks from these three linebackers and they also lost Patrick Chung so I understand that that's could be and should be in most cases per, like a team's going to be not even close to the same when that when something like that happens but for this team in particular, which the way that they're built is, I don't even necessarily fully agree with the way that they're built, but the the way that their personnel aligns with how they're built in terms of just the guys they have in that back end, even with l the loss of Patrick Chung, I mean, they are loaded in the back end. They have the McCordys, they have, and that's two McCordys, just Jason and Devin. Um, they have Stefan Gilmore, who a lot of people think is the best cornerback in football. I'm going to say he's top three at worst. And they have um, somebody who nobody ever talks about, J.C. Jackson. This guy was awesome and has been awesome the last couple of years. I was really high on him um, coming out of Maryland, if I recall correctly. If he didn't have the character issues that I was a little concerned about, I would, I would have had, I believe, a second round grade on him. So I was... I'm not surprised that he's good. I just didn't think he would be this good because, granted, he's 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 playing against the opposing team's number two receivers most of the time because Stephon Gilmore is locking down number ones for them. But um, nonetheless, J.C. Jackson is locking down NFL receivers. So 
um, especially last year. So with the way they're built is my point that they can, and the way that they asked those linebackers last year, the, what they asked of them was very simple, rush the passer blitz, you know, and, and, and make sure tackles in the run game, which obviously they felt like they didn't do that great of a job in that area. But the, um, the way that they're built uh, personnel wise, and then the the scheme that they deploy and the creative or not even creativity, just the way that they can do what they do because of their back end and how they blitz and how they come at you in different areas. And they really do a great job of attacking the weaknesses of the offensive lines or the offensive schemes that they're going against on a weekly basis, just with the way that they, they bring those linebackers to blitz. So to replace, um, to replace these linebackers that they lost, which is Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower, they've got, and I think they should use Kyle Duggar as a linebacker, at least somewhat, because just imagine Kyle Duggar blitzing 60% of the time from a backer position, any backer position. That is just going to be scary because the dude, say what you want about like his level of competition, all that stuff, anything that people might not love about him, the guy is an undeniable athlete. And if you tell him exactly what to do in terms of just which gaps to hit and, and how to time up his blitzes, and you put that kind of an athlete in this in this Bill Belichick defensive scheme, oh my lord, he's going to he's going to cause havoc because he is powerful enough to take on anybody uh, in terms of when he's just coming in as a blitzer and rushing the passer. Like his the collisions from that kid will be special, and he'll be able to. He has the athleticism and explosiveness to finish when he gets close um in in those situations so just having him as one of the guys that i hope they use to replace one of these linebackers even if it's just in a situational role um you know as a rookie during his rookie season i think that that's kind of the perfect one of the perfect guys and another guy they have is josh uche who's a rookie from uh university of michigan can can cover a little bit and can um Definitely rush the passer from really any alignment that you want to use him at. He has the athleticism to do it from anywhere. So that guy, even though he's a rookie in a COVID-19 offseason, I think he can be somebody that comes in and gets you four or five sacks as a rookie and a good chunk of pressures, especially because, guys, this is not like a situation where it's a it's a defensive end and you know rookie defensive end and he he's got a lot to learn about just playing the position like this is a situation in new england where you're asking these guys to do very specific things on a play-to-play -play basis and if you have the young guys in there the young guys particularly in there during passing situations you know this secondary is going to provide you some extra time to get home so it's like Dude, just do exactly what you're told as a pass rusher, as a blitzer, more or less in those scenarios, because you're not going to have to beat guys necessarily one on one or you're not going to have to, you know, take on double teams and things of that nature all the time. Like I, I would imagine that the ideal way to use these youngsters early on in their careers as Patriots this season would be just to in passing situations, you bring in Duggar, Uche, and then Winovich is going to be another year of experience. He had a very solid rookie season last year. You're, you're really just, it's very specific game plan um, weekly roles that they're going to play, but at the long, long and short of it, they're going to be blitzing and they're going to be doing very specific things. So I think that the adjustment to the pro game for some of these blitzers linebackers for the Patriots, I think it, the learning curve can be shortened a bit because of the fact that they 
are in a perfect situation in many ways. So um, it's almost because they didn't ask these pay, uh, the linebackers that they lost last year, they didn't ask them to do a ton in coverage. So their roles were very simple. Just, you know, keep, keep contain against the run and get after the quarterback in the exact ways that we tell you to as a blitzer in passing situation. So I think with the athletes they drafted in Duggar and um, Uche, I think, and then they, they signed Brandon Copeland. I think they can, and then Winovich has another year of experience. I think they'll be okay in, in a weird way. Like, I don't think they'll be as great as they were last year, but I do think that this, this defense is going to be a top six defense at worst. And that's why I've got them as my six ranked unit. So last year, just to remind you, cause I know they finished in a little bit of a rut they were awesome. So I told you they were a little bit vulnerable against the run, and that's true. But here's, you know what's the best way to, to stop the run? To not allow teams to run. Like, and, and that may sound stupid, but what I'm saying is the Patriots last year allowed the, they saw the fifth fewest rush attempts per game against them at 23.8. And what I mean is their defense was getting so many takeaways and scoring touchdowns and they were getting their their offense and their team off to early leads to the point where they didn't they didn't have to see a ton of run plays and oh also it doesn't hurt when you're allowing only 25 excuse me 25.6% third down conversions which was by far first in the NFL they were second in total takeaways like if you're consistently winning teams are going to have to pass. And if you're, and if you're consistently winning early on. So, I mean, they, they intercepted a league high 4.7% of uh, pass attempts, which was elite, which was a high by like almost one and a half percent better than anybody else. So um, this team is going to be good. They're just, they're going to be well coached. They, they have the athletes at the linebacker position that they need. Um, and you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if, unlike the 2019 team, it wouldn't surprise me if this team does it the opposite way, where they start off a little bit slow compared to their early season 2019 pace, but they finish very strong because the, as the young guys get better and better as the season progresses and as this unit gets used to playing together in many ways, I think they'll be a, they have a chance to get better at least as the season goes on. And this secondary is ready to roll. I know Patrick Chung's a very, very good player, but I think they still have enough there. And when they like, cause Duggar can basically do a little bit of the, he can pick up a little bit of the Patrick Chung slack as the safety. And he can also pick up a little bit of the, uh, fill a little bit of the void they have at the linebacker position just during in passing situations. So um, I think they're poised to have a really good, 2020 season and like i said i think they're the sixth best defense in football so the number five team on my list is the san francisco 49ers and that may seem a little bit low uh because they were really the a top three defense at worst last season and i don't mean for that to sound disrespectful to my 49er fans out there you guys are Again, going to be a very, very good defense in 2020, but um, I just couldn't put you ahead of some of these other teams, so we'll get into that later. But last year, you guys were uh, – 49ers were seventh in points per game allowed at 19.5. Again, a team that was a little bit vulnerable against the run where you have, where you allowed, which was only 21st in the league, 4.4 yards per carry. But again, how do you stop the run? 
you don't allow teams to run the ball, meaning you get the lead and you step on their throats and make them pass. So, And that's when San Francisco gets you in big trouble because they were seventh in the NFL in rush attempts per game against them, which uh, 24 per game, so right behind the Patriots there. They were first tied with the Patriots, actually, for yards per pass attempt at 5.4. Guys, 5.4 yards per pass attempt is insane. I mean, my goodness. They were one of three teams in the NFL to allow fewer than six yards per pass attempt, the Bills being that third team, Bills and Patriots. And um, they were fourth in takeaways, and they were second and third down percentage. They only allowed 33%. Uh, of their third downs against them to be converted. So um, I just, the reason why they're a little bit lower than some of these other teams is because I'm not, as much as I like Javon Kinlaw and he was, I, I don't remember exactly where I had him ranked, but he was definitely a top 10 player for me. Just, I mean, DeForest Buckner is a, is a polished and ready-made all pro caliber player, you know, or at least a pro bowl caliber player. So when you lose him for a rookie in a COVID-19 off season, there is drop off there. And then from the, from the standpoint of the secondary, they, that was kind of their weakest unit or weakest part of their defense. And they didn't do much to address that, which I'm fine with because they have such a good pass rush and they still have that, and they they brought back Eric Armstead, and they still have Boza and Ember. I mean, they're still, and then D Ford should be uh, more healthy this season and probably play more. But I think, uh, and who knows, Solomon Thomas may get four or five sacks too. <laughs> but I think that the way that they're built is the way that I prefer to build a defense, and that's a very good front seven and the elite uh, front four. And I just, you know, I just don't think that the secondary is going to be. I mean. I don't think I think the secondary slightly overachieved last year just because of how dominant that pass rush was. And I think that they they'll be they won't be quite as dominant because they lost an all pro player and replaced them with a rookie, albeit one a rookie that I felt was a top 10 talent. But nonetheless, guys, that's going to knock them down a little bit. So I would expect them to finish you know, top five again this season, but I would expect there to be moments in the season where certain teams have more effective, uh, more effective games against them than we're used to seeing. So um, again, not taking anything away from the 49ers. I think they're, I think they're a very good defensive unit, but um, I just couldn't put them ahead of some of these other teams. So number three, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, number four is the, New Orleans Saints. Yes, my fourth ranked defense. Defense is the New Orleans Saints. And uh, guys, this team, like honestly, doesn't really have a weakness. I think Cameron Jordan, first of all, let me mention his name first, because this dude is, in my opinion, at least a top three underrated, most underrated players in the NFL, at least on the defense side of the ball. Dude is dominant. I mean, he's a 14, 15 sacks guy. As long as he doesn't, you know, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to get you 14, 15 sacks, a bunch of pressures, and he's awesome against the run. This dude is a Panther fan. I can tell you this guy is someone I don't like (laughs) having to root against as a Panther fan because it's like, damn, he is just destroyed. He's a game wrecker, man. He really is a game wrecker. And just because I think the Saints maybe are known for their offense and you want to talk about Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, all that stuff. I think um, we're not used to the their defense being really good. But guys, 
trust me when I tell you, try to find an area where they're not in the top 10 to top 12. Like you're not going to find one. So last year, let me run through some of this for you. Last year, they were 14th in points allowed per game. I know I said top 10 and top 12, but relax. They were 14th in points per game allowed. And and here's the thing about this stat. Points per game is, is obviously a good metric to use, but points per game is also something that when your offense is scoring near 30 points a game or whatever, like you're going to allow a lot of times you're going to allow a little bit more than, than um, maybe that's representative of, of how good you are defensively. But I'll tell you what, like if you reference the Cowboy game, when they played the Cowboys on that Sunday night game, I think last year, the Cowboys scored like nine points. And that doesn't surprise me because this Saints defense, when they have to, can play at that kind of level like they can win games for you so um they were 12th in yards per carry allowed at 4.1 yards per carry they again you know how do you how do you ensure you're a good run defense you only allow fourth fewest attempts 22.6 per game um so that was something that they did well as well they um they were 11th in the NFL in yards per pass attempt allowed at 6.5 yards per attempt, which for a team that was, as we can see, they didn't see they didn't see a ton of run plays that ran against them. There was a bunch of passes to still have that kind of a yards per attempt allowed is impressive. 6.5 is awesome. Don't get it twisted. Um, they were 12th in takeaways and they were 8th in third down conversions allowed at 36.4%. They lost Eli Apple, and he's all right, you know, nothing special, but they replaced him with Janoris Jenkins. I struggled to find another guy that they really, quote-unquote, lost. Um, they added Zach Bond, who for me, I, if I remember correctly, was a top 20 player on my board. Maybe he was like 22 or something like that, but he was right up there. Definitely a top 25 player for me. Um, and he fell to the third round. I'm not sure if there was like a character thing or something weird in there with Bond, but... All I know is this, when I watch him play football at, at Wisconsin last year, he did things on the football field that like it just he's sort of like a Christian McCaffrey of the defense kind of guy. And he is one of the dudes that was that was a guy that I quote unquote one of my guys. He's a guy that I'm just like certain. I'm certain he's going to make impact plays in the NFL and he's going to be a really good player. Like I just feel like that my conviction is that strong about him. So him adding him to that to that um, scheme is perfect too because he can stand up and play linebacker off ball, and he can also rush the passer. So in passing situations, you want to line him up with his hand on the ground or in a three point stance coming off the edge. That's fine. But then you can also, and this team likes to blitz its linebackers. Ask Demario Davis. Um, this team with him in that scheme where he's being able to either you know line up off ball and then come as a blitzer and or. Uh, line up in three-point stance and come off the edge as a true pass rusher. There's a lot of ways this guy can be utilizing that scheme, and I think that they will slowly but surely incorporate him um, pretty often. But I think he's another guy, similar to what I was saying about the Patriots linebackers and athletic guys, pass rushers. He's a guy that, at worst, as a rookie, he they'll just throw him in there on third and ten and let him line up either in a three-point stance or as a blitzer, and they'll just utilize him that way while he develops the rest of his game. So I think he will eventually be a full-time player, full-time starter at whatever position they decide. If he puts on some weight, he can he can be an edge for him, or if he, um, you know, or he can play that kind of Bruce Irvin type of role or whatever. But 
he could play full-time off-ball linebacker as well. So I just – with his movement skills and athleticism and explosiveness um, and motor and just – he will have a role early and often for this defense. And I think they will – I think they're actually going to be more – they're going to get some more recognition this year as an, as an overall defense. So, um, all right, number three – is the Buffalo Bills, and I just saw they lost Tredavious White, who is probably, if he's not the best cornerback in football, he's top two or three or whatever, he's up there. And he opted out for the COVID-19, so that's very unfortunate for Buffalo, but all respect to Tredavious White and his decision. Um, he's got to do what's best for him and his family. But so Buffalo in 2019, I still have them here at three and I didn't even think about moving them down. This is where they were with Trey White and this is where I see them without him. So um, 12th most interceptions in 2019. They're a team that Sean McDermott <clears throat> is very tricky with what he, especially with what he does with the secondary. He tricks Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady's seen it all and McDermott never allows Brady to get comfortable. And that's not, no, not many defensive minds can say that. Um, so they were yeah, 12th most interceptions in the, in the NFL last year. They were second best in scoring defense. They just didn't allow you to score. Like that's just, I don't know how else to say it with Buffalo. They just, they're hard to score against. Um, they were tied for 17th in yards per carry allowed, but they also only saw that they saw the ninth fewest rush attempts per game. Um, they were 11th in total takeaways, ninth and third down conversion percentage, only 36.4%. Um, so this team was third in yards per pass attempt allowed at 5.8, which is outrageous, but they still allowed almost 64% of the passes against them to be complete. So it's like you were completing passes, but you're, you were completing them and for very minimal gains and then getting sure tackled every time. And I love what they did at positions that they sort of, they took, they lost some guys at and they, what they did was they replaced them in bunches. Like for example, at the originally at the defensive tackle position, they lost Jordan Phillips. So what'd they do? Well, of course we know they've got Ed Oliver coming back and Harrison Phillips coming back is uh, Harrison come back from injury. Oliver coming into his second season. So he'll be more experienced and probably better this year. And then they, they signed Vernon Butler and Quentin Jefferson for less money than uh, Jordan Phillips signed with for Arizona. So um, that's a very, and a move that you're going to have guys that can play right away in Vernon Butler and Quentin Jefferson, but also guys that have untapped potential, untapped upside. And uh, so it's a, a good way to basically fix the now from a talent in to talent out perspective or talent out to talent in perspective, but also to um, have an eye on the future as well. And OK, so then they lost Star Latule, but hey, good thing they added multiple defensive tackles. So I still think they're OK there. Although Star is a really good pocket pusher and a just against the run, he's just a stout guy. So they may not be a great run defense this year, but again, the offense should score more points. And this was the defense that allowed the fewest points in the first half of games last year. So I think they did plenty there to address that. And then to replace Shaq Lawson, they signed Mario Addison. Mario's had nine or more sacks in each of the last four seasons, and they drafted A.J. Epinesa. So you'd have to say that's an upgrade, even though they lost Shaq Lawson. So overall, man, I think this Bills defense is going to be legit. They signed Josh Norman, and they have they still have Levi Wallace. So their cornerback spot, at least boundary corner-wise, 
um, are still in good shape. And I know you're thinking, and you've heard me bash on Josh Norman quite a bit, but I don't mean any disrespect to Norman. I still think he's solid in the right scheme and used properly. And Sean McDermott, as we've seen, I just I just think that you can trust Sean McDermott is not going to put Josh Norman in position to get roasted like he did last year in Washington. I think we'll see a much improved Norman, and I think he'll do what's asked of him. In, in 2015, when he was first team all pro, Sean McDermott was his defensive coordinator. All right. So now moving on to my number two defense, and that is where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yes, the Steelers were fifth last season in points per game allowed with 18.9. They were third in yards per carry allowed with just 3.8. They were fourth in yards per pass attempt at 6.1. So, pause for a second. They allowed 6.1 yards per pass attempt. And they allowed 3.8 yards per carry. Oh, and they were first in takeaways. And they... It gave up only 36% third down conversions, which was sixth best in the NFL. So when you, I mean, they lost Hargrave, but they, they gained to it, who was injured last year. Um, this team is loaded. I mean, I don't like that they're a little bit thin at the interior defensive tackle position, at, at least in terms of depth, but, um, with the with as much talent as they have at the linebacker positions, the secondary, and then the edge rusher spots, I just think that they're they're schemed up and coached well enough to be able to mask that and still be the second best defense in football in 2020. Um, Minka, everybody knows what he did for that defense, especially in in just the takeaway department since he uh, was traded for there. That looks like a steal now when people were like, "Whoa, they gave up so much!" Like. Dude, they draft picks are overrated, but that's another topic. So yeah, Steelers are my are my second best defense in the NFL, and I don't see a real weakness other than that little bit of thin in the depth department after the loss of Hargrave and at the defensive tackle position. But um, I think overall, man, those dudes can. I mean, you got Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt on that defensive line, they'll be just fine. And then the edge rushers, TJ Watt, who's one of the most underrated players in the NFL as well. Um, along with Bud Dupree, who's a solid player. And you got Devin Bush, who should be a much better player than he was as a rookie, and and Vince Williams and those guys. So the secondary, as we all know, is elite. Um, Steven Nelson. I could not get out of here without mentioning Steven Nelson. (laughs) Sorry, I had to grab my my notes here. Steven Nelson last year allowed 48% completion percentage, 5.8 yards per target, zero touchdowns and just two and a half yards after catch per reception. Um, he didn't have a ton of passive defense, but he still like was very, very good. And in 2018, just so you don't think this was a fluke, the guy allowed 51% completion percentage, 6.7 yards per target. He had four picks and 15 passes defense that year. Um, his passer rating allowed was a 72.6, but that's because he gave up five touchdowns. So, This dude, other than that touchdown number, has been elite for each of the last two seasons, and that was the previous year was in Kansas City with the Chiefs. So uh, this team is well-rounded throughout that secondary, and especially that, I mean, really all over. Like, they're they're loaded. I don't don't see many weaknesses. Now, speaking of a team with no 
weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball let's talk about my number one ranked defense and that's the baltimore ravens and as scary as that sounds because last year they were essentially the best offense in football um they're also one of the best defenses with marcus peters marlon humphrey in that back end making plays with earl thomas who allowed like nothing all year um in terms of pass coverage but um yeah, man, the Ravens just as I looked at them and and just because I didn't perceive them as the top defense in the NFL when I went into this little project. But when I looked at them last year, they were 38 percent on third downs, third in points per game, 23rd in rush attempt. I mean, uh, yards per carry at four and a five, four point five yards per carry. But they allowed the fewest rush attempts per game. They were ninth in takeaways. They lost Marcus Pierce, uh, Michael Pierce, but they replaced him with Derek Wolf and Justin Matabuke. Their only real weakness last year was the linebacker spots. Well, they added Patrick Queen and Malik uh, Harrison, two guys that I loved coming out. Uh, Harrison out of Ohio State and Queen from LSU. Look, man, I'm just going to keep it simple with Baltimore. They have no real weaknesses on that defense. They are loaded in the secondary, and now they're loaded up front with that adding Calais Campbell and I mean, my goodness, this team is going to be tough. I think that um, they, they're they so well-built and they're always ahead of the curve because I think the offense will slightly regress this year because they had just such an outrageous um, season last year. I don't think they'll be quite as dynamic, you know, and I don't mean anything disrespectful. I think they're a great offense still. But I think that this defense is well-equipped to pick up the slack for it even if they average like two or three less points per game, their defense is going to put the clamps on people. I don't, I don't, I don't think teams are going to score 20 points against them very often. I really don't. I would bet if the over under was set at five, I would say under for sure. I don't, I think four times is the only you're going to see 20 plus points scored against this defense four times. So anyways, guys, as always, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to chat about this, my DMs are open at fair shake FB on Twitter at fair shake football on Instagram later.